You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Alrighty, we are live here, I guess. Um, Welcome in, everybody. I know that this is probably not everybody right now because uh, my boss man did not make my link. Um, But, uh, you know, what can you do? Here we are. That's great. Um, Let me make sure I'm sharing this out on Twitter since uh, that's I guess that's what we're going to have to do. Um, But, uh, yeah, everybody, welcome in. Oh, it says Chad Jensen is live. Well, that's not exactly right, but um, I had to do it myself. So uh, here we are. Welcome in, everybody, to Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by my friend here. No, it's just me. Um, Scott Kennedy, who everybody loves, is uh, um, working on a baseball tournament this week. So everybody, if you're joining us, make sure you come on in, say hello um, before we get going. And today, I think we're going to keep it nice and short because it's just me again. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's great. And uh, we're going to talk the Broncos offensive line. Um, I know that this has been a unit that has been maligned uh, for, God, years and years and years. Um, but it's a unit that deserves some credit and some uh, inspection. So we got Jeremy coming in here. Jeremy, always the, the Kirk Cousins lookalike. The good the million dollar smile, too. We got Austin Ryder also coming in. Um, again, sorry, guys, the link wasn't made beforehand. So if, ever, if the link is weird... Um, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's just uh, it's just me doing my best messing around, right? Uh, I'm a man of science, and that just means you F around and find out. So hopefully this is working. I see people trickling in. So uh, it must be going at least somewhat right. Um, so you guys can obviously find me um, at Nick Kendall MHH. We got um, Wevitos in here also. Hello. Um, and uh, like I said, guys, this is Broncos for Breakfast. Um, I am writing solo today which is fine um no no john either but uh you know is what it is it's just uh the nick kendall show and everybody joining us as well we appreciate everybody who's coming in um got steven tobacco coming in here morning ej's in the house as well good morning nick and broncos country we got michael in the house michael have said some really kind words on twitter i want to give you a shout out michael thank you so much uh means a lot mike givens in the house as well good morning nick um like i said guys this is broncos for breakfast this isn't the uh the correct pathway. So I can't flash it on there. Um, but I guess I'll just do the one for huddle up podcast. That's the mothership. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. Also follow us on Twitter at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle, uh, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, but also facebook.com forward slash mile high, uh, this mile high huddle pod and mile high huddle. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, um, I see that we're both on Facebook, YouTube, periscope etc etc um but if you're joining us on youtube today please subscribe like and share i know that we have a lot of very generous uh supporters who join us and uh give super chats super stickers stars etc etc but not a, not everybody's in a position to do that but if you are here and uh, enjoying the show but cannot contribute uh monetarily go to youtube subscribe like and share or if you're joining us on facebook please click those thumbs up it helps a lot we got the pooping hippo in the house. Good morning. Um, we got EJ saying, I'm hungry. What's for breakfast? Uh, meats on the menu, boys. We're going to be talking some offensive line, which is always a lot of fun. Um, and we got Dave Glassman in here as well saying, morning, working as usual, but we'll be listening quietly. Dave, 
pump the base, man. We got to get going, man. It's the offensive line. We got to get hyped. Um, Facebook user coming in saying it's Broncos time. Uh, thank you very much. So, guys, a welcome. And obviously, the chat will dictate um, the uh, the conversation, and we'll keep it somewhat short here. But I'm going to pull up the Broncos uh, depth chart here over on uh, our lads, and we're going to just kind of break down um, what we see this year for the Broncos offensive line and what that means for uh, this unit this year and what it could mean for the Broncos in general. Uh, we got Dom coming in here saying, good morning, Nick. How are you this morning? Broncos for life. Can't wait for training camp. Me too, man. These six weeks leading up to training camp um, should be, I'll enjoy it because, you know, it gets me a chance to get outside and do some hiking um, and, you know, not focus on football for a bit, but it's always, you know, focused on football time here. Uh, we got bowls pro bowl year coming in from Sean uh, B O L L E S buddy. Not, uh, not bowls like uh, Todd bowls, uh, but uh Either way, I appreciate the sentiment, and I, I agree with you, hopefully. Um, and we got Richard coming in here saying, any Rodgers or Watson trade news? Uh, probably doesn't sound like there's anything right now. I'm guessing check-in in six weeks. I know it's so long, um, but, you know, yeah, is what it is. Facebook users hyped like always. Uh, cheers to you. That reminds me, I probably should take a sip of coffee. Everybody enjoy. Everyone to at Chad, tell them to send me a gosh darn coffee mug. I need one. I love my thermos, but I need to, you got to represent the brand, right? Oh, it's still hot. Very good. Um, Bob Skinner's in the house as well. Morning, Broncos country. Josiah Hicks. Good morning, Nick. It's your favorite Mississippian. Well, Josiah, you can take that title. I can't think of many. Uh, is Peyton Manning considered a Mississippian? Right? Is he? I don't know. I know this Archie went to Ole Miss. Uh, so you might be number two if Peyton Manning's from there. But uh, that's that's still not a bad spot. Peter Middleton's in the house too. Hi, Nick. How you doing, Peter? Um, and Dom saying, come to New Mexico to hike, Nick. I... I want to hike all over, man. So I'll definitely be there at some point. I'm in Seattle right now. So I like really want to get to Alaska. I want to get over to Glacier National Park. Never been there. It looks beautiful. And uh, the flights to Hawaii are also super cheap. So, so many places to see so little time. Uh, having to work nine to five Monday to Friday, you know, that, that's that's the life. But uh, let's get to this, guys. And I appreciate everybody who joined today. I know that we're going to have probably smaller numbers, given that somebody did not make the link, um, which means that there was no... Uh, a lot of people, how they normally get here, um, will probably not be here. I called, um, I messaged, uh, but, uh, I figured it out. So hopefully it's working for you guys. Um, we got Charlie Beagle coming in. Um, maybe Perna will send you one of his, uh, bench warmer brew mugs. I, you know what? I love Perna. Uh, we haven't interacted much on here other than we both were, uh, Justin Fields fans. Um, but, uh, I really love his brand. Um, just really fun, just silly. Uh, and doesn't take himself too seriously, but he also actually has a pretty good football mind too. So, uh, he covers all the bases, um, pooping hippo coming in. Where does Moody fit? Sorry about spelling. We'll get there, buddy. We will get there. Um, Peter Middleton saying, love talking about the offensive lines, uh, make a B for B mug for the MHH, uh, shop. I'm telling you, it's gotta happen. Um, Josiah Hicks coming in and say, no, Peyton is from Louisiana. Eli went to Ole Miss because of uh, the coach there. And also I think Archie Manning went to Ole Miss. So did Cooper. Manning before he got hurt, I think. So, uh, uh, so what's the news from camp? Um, both quarterbacks did better when they were working with the ones and, uh, going against the twos. Um, the defensive backs look incredible. The cornerback room looks really good. Um, and you should be excited about, uh, Noah Fant in the weapons. So, uh, there we go. But, um, let's get to this here. I want to share the screen here. Let me do it. I'm, I'm producing the show. I'm putting up the show myself. It's, uh, it's good times, good times all around. Um, let me see if I'm going to zoom in a little bit here. There we go. And I'm going over to our lads folks, and hopefully you can see this. I'm going to zoom in even just a little bit more so we can really get on the offensive line. 
All right, well, hopefully, it's even more. Let's do it. Why not, right? It's Thursday. We're living large. Coffee's starting to hit the veins. All right, so the Broncos offensive line as listed here, and I'll see if anybody else is joining us in. Uh, the new college bowl is kind of lame. If you're talking about how the bowls have changed, uh, that's um, – I'm happy because Iowa has a better chance to make the college football playoffs now. So I have, you're not going to, you're not going to get me to say anything that's not biased towards my Iowa Hawkeyes. I, uh, I took the Broncos biased hat off when I started doing the analysis work because you guys deserve better um, than biased reporting work analysis. Um, But that means I wear two Hawkeye hats these days. Um, So go Hawks. Um, And we got Robert Caslow's in the house too. Um, what happened to the guy from Atlanta? Scott will be back guys. He's, uh, he's doing some baseball coaching stuff this week, so he will be here. Um, and, uh, I don't know how to get rid of you. Um, Facebook user, uh, hassling everybody. Leave us alone. Um, uh, here we go. YouTube algorithm would not hook us up. What the hell morning at Chad. He forgot about me. Now that Scott's not here, he's just leaving me behind. It's not very nice. What a thumbnail. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I made it myself. So, uh, Chad said it should be in there. He didn't make the room. So uh, I tried. Good morning, y'all. Um, and we got the, uh, what is Cooper even doing there? I don't know. Who is your favorite Denver Broncos? What is your favorite Denver Broncos moment, Nick? Um, Gosh, my favorite Denver Broncos moment. It's really hard to beat that Tim Tebow, Demarius Thomas touchdown um, just because the improbability behind it. But I'm going to have to go with the Broncos uh, strip sack. Um, so here we go. Um, and uh, I was talking, I was Talking about the quiz show, not football. Peyton Manning is the host and Cooper is on there too. Okay, okay. All right, guys. Um, well, let's get to it here real quick. Um, and uh oh, Gary. Gary is so just such a helping hand. And uh, I'm feeling the love because I'm working solo today. Chad forgot about me. Um, so uh <laughs> I'm seeing that Gary didn't forget about me though. So Gary, thank you so much. That's so helpful. Um, and we man, that that means a lot to me. I'm gonna have to really give a Chad a hard time. You guys get at Chad and give him a hard time too. Um, so the Broncos offensive line, I think you have to start about the story of Garrett Bowles. Um, a lot of people last year wrote him off uh, going into the season. You guys will know that uh, I was one who was a staunch supporter of patience for Garrett Bowles. Um, you can go back now. I obviously did poke fun at him, the holds and whatnot, and thought the Broncos would be wise to at least look to invest further in the position. It wasn't just because of Garrett Bowles. It was also because of Juwan James, who here we are no longer a Denver Bronco. Um, but a year ago, Garrett Bowles, uh, he played excellent down the stretch of the 20, 2019 season outside of that game against uh, the Cleveland Browns, where miles Garrett just took his lunch. And uh, to be fair, I think miles Garrett's probably the second best pass rusher in football right now. So I'm, um, I don't know how much that really matters that much because Miles Garrett's an absolute freak. He's going to be the guy who takes the baton from uh, Aaron Donald as the best defensive player in football, I believe here. Um, but uh, Garrett Bowles really took steps forward last year. What are we looking for this year? Obviously, you want the consistency to return, but there are a few factors here that should, again, being a big, staunch Garrett Bull supporter a year ago, everybody's on the Garrett Bowles train now. He's a fun interview. Seems like a very genuine guy. Um, seems like a great father as well. I mean, the TikToks that his wife puts out of him, always a lot of fun. Um, so, uh, that's one that, uh, is all I, I, I'm a big Garrett Bowles fan. However, this season, you're going to have to look at it a little bit with, uh, a grain of salt because last year there's two factors. One, no fans in the stands. What does that mean for the Broncos, uh, and Garrett Bowles? Garrett Bowles tends to have his holding penalties kind of come in clusters last year. And some of that might be because the pressure of playing in front of fans who were 
ready to turn on turn on him in an instant, right? Like you guys, you're paying fans. I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to act because I'm right there with you as far as being critical. Um, but uh, playing in uh, no, in front of no fans last season, that somewhat changes the formula of what we're going into this year. A little bit more pressure um, to perform, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a factor. How much is it going to matter? I'm waiting to find out. Garrett Bowles still, he's going to be a top 10 uh, top 15 offensive tackle, top 10 left tackle. Uh, you should be fine there. Um, but uh, that's the one that I'm looking for. The other factor that I'm curious to see if it's going to change this season is last year, offensive holding calls were down across the league. It's just something the league told uh, NFL officials to de-emphasize in their calls. And uh, is that the product looks still pretty darn good uh, last season. Is that going to carry over this year with the holding calls? Or are we going to see a, uh, a bounce back in the rate of holding calls? Don't know. We won't know until we know, right? And I haven't heard anything from the league. If anybody has heard anything from the league uh, in that regard, uh, please let us know uh, in the comment section. Um, but uh, haven't seen anything uh, in regards to the holding penalties and where they will be this year. So um, if that goes back to normal, you could see Garrett Bull's holding penalties spike. Now, that doesn't make him a bad player at all. Um, one of the guys who's led the league, uh, in holding the last, you know, or one of the highest rates of holding penalties the last few seasons has been Laramie Tunsil, who I, th- I believe is the highest paid tackle in all of football. Um, so, uh, you know, holding, they're going to happen sometimes. I'd rather the guy get a holding penalty than with on a block and, uh, leave the quarterback exposed, um, either resulting in, uh, injury, which, Back-to-back years, Drew Locke's taken hits and been injured, um, so that matters, or uh, turnovers, more likely there. So sometimes you get beat, it's better to hold um, in that case. Um, but still, Garrett Bowles, he had one of the highest uh, pass-blocking win rates last year, uh, one of the best run-blocking win rates. I'm not worried about the left tackle, and let's just keep on Garrett Bowles here for a second. Let's get to the comment section real quick. Tell me, guys, what, are you, what did you, any of you guys, were you hard, hard on uh, Garrett Bowles before last year, or where, where are we at now? Um, I feel like he's the one on the offensive line that we got to feel the best about, right? Like he's a new contract. He's not going to get paid very much this year. Um, But uh, we got Muhammad coming in here with the super sticker. Maybe I I see John has joined us now. Maybe he'll pull that one up for me. Um, But yes, Muhammad, you are correct. Hashtag king of the super stickers. We appreciate you very much. Um, So Garrett Bowles, how much of a, how much of Garrett Bowles flags are due to reputation? I definitely think that's part of it, right? There's some bias in the refs, even though you don't want to, uh, you don't want to see that you see it in an NBA too, right? Like if, Oh, LeBron like bounces off a guy, he's so big. Uh, he probably got fouled. And uh, sometimes you'll just call that out for uh, what it is. So uh, the, and Muhammad, Hey, you, uh, thank you very much for the pair. We appreciate it. Also shout out to uh, John joining us. You guys can follow John on Twitter. Also at John K M H H. Um, Oh, and we're back. Oh, I got it, John. Sorry. But, um, so Garrett Bowles, um, I got Peter coming in here saying I prefer Bowles to hold the position. We need him to start the next four years. I was actually one of the very few supporters with Eric and Lance. I want to be in that conversation too, because I definitely was a supporter as well. And so I know they preach it, but uh, I was right there, folks. Um, I was definitely more uh, towing the line, though. Of, uh, you know what? If you can get a Tristan Wirfs, a uh, Jedrick Wills, um, uh, Mackay Becton, and you can solidify the position, uh, pressure Garrett Bowles, and uh, you start two tackles, right? Like, that matters. You need two good ones in today's NFL. Um, so uh, I wasn't as far in Garrett Bowles as, like, don't invest in the tackle position because you need to. Uh, but... I'm glad that he's here. And also a really important caveat for the offensive tackle position that gets lost in uh, the shuffle is offensive tackles. One of the positions that takes the longest of any position in the NFL to go from the college level to the NFL level. 
Historically, it takes three to four seasons for the offensive tackle position uh, learning curve from college to the NFL. And that was probably always should have been expected for Garrett Bowles, right? He was a defensive tackle at Snoke Valley College before transfer, uh, translating over to offensive tackle. Then he only had one year of Division One football at Utah before dr- being drafted in the first round because of how good he was at Utah and the physical traits he had. I mean, 34-inch arm length, great athlete, six foot five. Uh, could play gap or zone. Um, so uh, there's a reason he went in the first round, despite only having one year of tape and being 25 years old. Although the 25 years old for an offensive lineman doesn't bother me as much. It's not like a position like cornerback or wide receiver where like once you hit 30, you know, good luck. We'll see on the other side, um, unfortunately, <laughs> for those positions. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get to back to the comment section here. Uh, Bulls, Charlie Beagle coming here saying Bulls turned out to be one of our best first round picks. Um yeah, honestly, recently, outside of Von Miller, he probably has been the uh, the best one. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's that's good to hear. Um, yeah, we got Dom coming in here saying his Bulls has grown up since his first year. I mean, since his second year as well, right? Um, and we got uh, LaShawn coming in here. In our defense is what we think it will be, and our offensive line is solid. We can go far. I'm diehard, but being realistic, I can't say we win it all until I see our offense perform performs good things. Defense wins games. And uh, thank you for the comment, LaShawn, over on Facebook and uh you're correct, man. That's uh, the defense will take him far, uh, but we will see. Right? It's, is the quarterback going to come together? Can he lead us uh, to the, the promised land? Whoever that is. Uh, Charlie Beagle. Would you ask Jerry Jones to come to Seattle and practice his receiving skills by catching fish at Pike Place Market? That would be pretty darn awesome. Um, if uh, if he lived out here, I would definitely push for him uh, to do that. Um, EJ coming in here saying, hey, Nick, if it takes three years to develop a tackle, should the Broncos have drafted a right tackle either last year or this year? since we can't depend on a free agent right tackles forever on the Broncos probably should have taken a tackle. And I think if they knew what was going to happen to Juwan James, they would have taken one in hindsight. Um, but the Bronco, the draft is you're com- competing, but there's 31 other teams out there. Like I'm sure everybody in here has been in a fantasy league and you're in the sixth round and you have this like kind of second year wide receiver who you're really targeting. And then he goes two picks before you. And you're like, well, I guess now I have to take a running back. I really wanted that wide receiver, but uh, just that's how the board fell. That's kind of what happened with the Broncos in this past draft. They had three different offensive tackles that they were gearing up to take um, one in the top of the third round and Brady Christensen. I believe he went one pick before the Broncos resulting in the Broncos then trading back. Um, so uh, he went to the Panthers um, and then the Broncos were gearing up to take uh, Spencer Brown. What I've been told from multiple people um, gearing up to take Spencer Brown at the end of the third round, he goes to the bills and um, then they are gearing up to take uh, Tommy Doyle out of uh, Miami, Ohio in the fifth round and the Browns are the, the Bills took him as well. So Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle off to the Bills when the Broncos were looking for them. Um, so probably should have. Um, it's definitely a position that the Broncos are most, it's one of the most likely positions the Broncos are taking the first round next year. Um, but, uh, you know, um, you, you can't fill out every single need every single year. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect roster. And that's why getting a great quarterback matters so much because great quarterbacks can cover up roster deficiencies unlike any other position out there. Um, so let's keep it going here. Um, we obviously have the, uh, the depth here with the Broncos left tackle position. Um, we, they have Cameron Fleming listed as the number one uh, backup, I guess the number two left tackle here. I think it will be Calvin Anderson. I think you're going to see Fleming more so uh, competing for that right tackle spot um, with uh, Bobby Massey. Um, but uh, well, why don't you scroll over now, buddy? I believe in you scroll. Okay. Well, um, you guys will just have to make believe with me. Um <laughs> 
Well, okay. Um, but you have Calvin Anderson over here. I think he's going to be more likely competing with that left tackle spot unless you see Cameron Fleming or uh, Bobby Massey um, do better in their left tackle reps and uh, Calvin Anderson is stuck, uh, so to speak, in that position. Um, so Calvin Anderson, he's not a good enough tackle where he can only play left tackle, right? Like if you're a f- elite phenomenon tackle um, or guard or center or whatever, then you can probably get by with only playing one position but I'm sorry, guys, like Calvin Anderson, undrafted free agent at tackle. That's just kind of like, you know, breathe the room. <laughs> He's probably not good enough where he can only play left tackle and stick around in the NFL. He's going to have to be able to play right tackle and left tackle as well. Um, so uh, if he can't learn to cross train this year or get better at cross training and play right tackle position as much as left tackle position and uh, either um, Bobby Massey or Cameron Fleming uh, show that they can play left tackle as well. Um, Anderson might be gone just kind of. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah, If you talk to any offensive line coach or any offensive line prospect coming in, they will harp on you the importance of cross-training uh, these positions. And uh, Muhammad talking in, I agree Slater was my pick. I'm very happy about Patrick Sertan. I'm not upset about that. I thought it was going to be Slater. Apparently Slater had a back uh, issue come up. And also I think Slater is better in the wide zone versus the uh, gap power-centric scheme the Broncos have been running. Um, but, you know, it uh, is what it is. Um, so... Uh, yeah, this is uh, our best draft in a while. We'll see. Um, I'm still pretty happy about the uh, Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton draft, um, even though they only the, if they would have gotten Fred Warner with that pick number th- in the third round instead of uh, Royce Freeman, we'd be cooking with grease. Um, but uh, what can you do? Um, and uh, can Fleming play both? Uh, I thought Anderson played left and Fleming right. Um, you hope you, you mostly lean Fleming at right, but you're Again, my point stands for Anderson as it does for Fleming and Massey. You're going to have to be able to play both sides because neither of those tackles are good enough where they cannot get by without swing ability. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. Um, now we move on to left guard. And I think the left guard position is really interesting um, because I feel like a lot of people are dancing around it because Dalton Reisner is such a good dude, but he struggled last year. Um let's call it out. Uh, he was, he was not very good. I would say he was below average and, uh, that's not what you need, especially, um, from a team that's going to have to rely on the gap centric running this season. If the offense is going to be adequate to average um, the interior offensive line has to play better. Um, and Reisner struggled. And now uh, was that because the sophomore slump, uh, was that because Lloyd Cushenberry was struggling so much next to him that it was kind of a, uh, a sinkhole for the entire, uh, trio of the offensive line. Or was it because of the, uh, I don't know if I mentioned already, the, the change in the scheme, right? Dalton Reisner, he's not really a, I mean, obviously he's an offensive lineman. He's a power person <laughs> relatively to the normal man. Um, but for the uh, for the Broncos scheme, going from the Rich Gangarello wide zone, which wants offensive linemen who are a little bit more dancing bears uh, versus the gap zone, inside zone, duo, uh, traps, counters, et cetera, that the Broncos ran more of last year. Uh, we saw Dalton Reisner kind of uh, dip a bit. So hopefully you'll see him his third year, still on his rookie contract, uh, still a lot of good football left, take a step forward this season. Um, but I thought Reisner could have played better last year. Um, still, he's not a weakness on the offensive line. I would say that right now he's a average starter uh, compared to the rest of the NFL. And um, you can get by with average um, on the uh, you can get by on average at the guard position. Um, that's not going to kill you. Uh, that's a big reason. Also, I'm, I can't advocate for taking interior offensive line in the first round. Uh, offensive tackles, yes, because they're so rare. Um, but interior offensive line, if you can get by with average, you're going to be fine, right? Like that's you should be fine, and that that's okay with Reisner, especially on his rookie contract. 
Um, so now uh, the backup for the left guard position, it's listed as Austin Schlotman. I am less than I said, want to be saying I still have Schlotman fever. That would be great if Schlotman could do it. I think that the drafting of Quinn Miners and uh, Natane Moody makes the roster math pretty difficult for Austin Schlotman to make the team because um, Moody played left tackle at Fresno State. Um, we saw him get reps at right guard last year, but I think all in all, Moody's position would probably be left guard. Maybe. Either way, he's going to have to be cross-trained to play both guard positions because he can't play tackle. He can't play center. So left guard and right guard, Moody, better play both. And Miner should be able to play all of the interior positions. Um, so Schlotman's uh, got a somewhat difficult um, position to uh, somewhat of a difficult position uh, to make this roster this year. Uh, probably the most positively interesting um, position battle on the Broncos offensive line has got to be the center position. Um, so let's get to the comments here real quick. Let's uh, let's say hello. I know Bond's hitting me here. Um, Austin and I, Austin, I talked to now. I wants to a little bit. Okay. Um, well, uh, if Bond wants to pull up uh, anything there, here we go. Charlie saying uh, moody mania. Um, okay. <laughs> Thanks, John. Uh, moody mania. That would be great. Um, the Broncos have depth on the interior offensive line now. So uh, right now, I think the, the three listed starters that you see right here will probably be the three starters out of the gate this year. But in a 17 game season, somebody's going to get dinged. Somebody's going to miss some games and uh, the Broncos have some flexibility now with the interior. Don't talk, don't talk yet about right tackle. I that's uh, we'll save the worst for last in this case. Um, but on the interior, um, having minors, having moody means that the roster math, you can, you can uh, juggle these guys a little bit and still have a very competent interior offensive line. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but a very high floor when you have five guys there that you should feel pretty good about. Um, but like I said, the, the position battle that I'm most excited about is watching Lloyd Cushenberry and Quinn Miners. Now, I think that everybody's really excited about the belly of the beast, you know, uh, everything going on here, the guy, you know, lifting logs and working out in the forest. But I wouldn't bury Lloyd Cushenberry just yet. Um, he was probably the the worst starting center in football last season. And uh, that's not a personal attack. Like when I say Drew Lockers was a bottom three quarterback last year, that doesn't mean that's what he's going to be. It's just what he was. Um, so what is he going to be this year? Lloyd Cushenberry. I expect steps forward for Lloyd Cushenberry. Now, again, he doesn't have to be an all pro. He doesn't have to be a pro bowler. He just needs to be f- solid. And he needs to do a better job with his power. Um, last year, like we have a uh, Muhammad coming in here saying Cushenberry needs to be more aggressive. Mo Ron saying a tackling dummy could have outperformed Cushenberry last year. Well, um, Cushenberry also was given a, a lot on his plate because Drew Locke uh, was struggling with some of the pre-snap reads. So the Broncos shifted more onto Cushenberry um, from the uh, just the in- intellectual side of the game. Um, so that could have been a part of the issue, but he's got to do better. Um, so Cushenberry, I. This is an anecdote, and I know it's a small sample size, but uh, the Broncos' last two, the previous two starting centers, Connor McGovern, Matt Paradis, where were they their rookie seasons? They didn't even make the Broncos' 53-man roster, right? Um, So this is essentially uh, Cushenberry's second season. Imagine last year if we didn't see him at all because he was on the Broncos' practice squad and he's competing for the spot this year. He was literally thrown into the fire. Um, and it's a very tough situation for any offensive lineman. That's another position uh, into your offensive lineman. You typically find out about those guys, their second year in the league, uh, halfway through their second year to their third year, uh, if they if they belong or not, and to what extent they're going to be great players. Um, but uh, Cushenberry should be better this year. He has nowhere to go but up. And I expect him to win the job over Quinn Miners um, out of the gate. And part of that is not just because of uh, Cushenberry taking steps forward, uh, being better in his second season, but 
you guys asking Quinn Miners to play this season seems like a a long stretch, right? You're asking for like immediate payoff when Miners, it's more of like you planted a seed and you're hoping that uh, a year from now, you'll see a beautiful tree starting to sprout there. Um, so uh, we got uh, Mr. Sir McLovin coming in here. Uh, hey, Nick, thank you for being honest. No fluff, just stats. Definitely my favorite MHH person. Uh, there are a lot of different people here, but that means a lot to me, uh, Mr. Sir McLovin. Um, I like all of us at MHH. I guess I am biased towards my eye huddle in that regard. Um, but like I said, uh, I'm not always going to be right, but I'm really going to try to keep it real with you guys. And sometimes I want to say some things that are not popular or a uh, consensus, maybe not what you want to hear, but I'd rather be authentic and uh, real with you guys than uh, tell you what you want to hear all the time, because that gets us nowhere. And that doesn't make us a smarter fan base. That's I want everybody to be smart and learning and growing, growing along with me. Um, so thank you very much. Um, but uh, back to miners, you guys asking him to start this year. It's just really seems like it's a big ask. Um, and you're asking for an immediate investment. It's like JG Wentworth. I want my money and I need it now versus you're investing in the stock market and you want dividends uh, a year from now, two years from now. Quinn Miners playing division three football, never playing center until the senior bowl. And you think he's going to start at center week one out of the gate. If uh, unless there's an injury to Lloyd Cushenberry, I just do not see it happening. And that's not a uh, disrespect to Quinn Miners or anything like that. I think he's going to be a great player whether that be at guard or center long-term, but in 2021 out of the gate, that's such a big ask. The first time he ever even snapped a football was uh, in, in practice or scrimmage setting was the, Oh, Peter, thank you so much um, for the stars, man. That's uh, that helps a heck of a lot. Um, John's telling me to hold my horses for one second. Oh, well, here we go. Uh, what's your thoughts on Himmelman? Any news in practice? Um, I have not heard much about Himmelman yet, other than he is a big son of a gun. And, uh, He's got the body type, which is rare. Um, like there's one of the things that Scott said, uh, co-host on my show, who will be back next Tuesday, um, said that has really stuck with me is that uh, there are hundreds upon hundreds of guys who are like 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds, 32, 33 inch arm length for the entry offensive line. The 6'5 to 6'7 guys with the 33 and a half plus arm length that you're looking for a tackle, those are rare. That's why you see guys like LaRaven Clark who was terrible on the football field. Just, I mean, good athlete, had the body type, but just not good football technique or ability. Um, he's drafted in the third round because he's got the rare body type that could actually play the position. Um, so Himmelman, um, I haven't heard anything positive or negative from him. I'm hoping to actually get eyes on him and you can focus on him more when you have preseason games, preseason reps. Um, and uh, my bet would be either he doesn't make the team or he's a practice squad guy because UDFA offensive tackle. That's, that's a, that's a tough field to uh tough field to till if you catch my drift. Um, so back to Quinn miners, good player. I'm excited to see what he can be this year. A power player. Also, I think he's a better scheme fit than Cushenberry, but asking him to go from left guard to center um, this season. It's, I think it's just, it's an unfair ask. And that doesn't mean Quinn miners is going to be a bad player. It's just, he's, he's one that's going to require a little bit of time. Um, the mental side of the game, the technique, the pre-snap reads, um, the assignments from left guard to center. Um, they're all things that, I mean, we saw how much Cushenberry struggled going from uh, LSU to the NFL. Now you're asking a guy who hasn't played center going from division three whitewater to the NFL. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to preach patience uh, when it comes to Quinn Miners. Um, it is possible. Let's say that um, it's week 13 or 14. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry is still struggling at center and the Broncos are 
you know, feeling more comfortable about Miners after weeks and weeks of practice, seeing him in there and practice uh, reps and meetings and whatnot. And Cushionberry is still, you know, bottom three center in the NFL. At that point, you might see the switch just to get uh, Miners' feet wet and kind of some momentum um, and tape and stuff he can work on in live reps um, going into the offseason in 2022. Um, but uh, as far as out of the gate, I don't know, guys. I, I love the draft as much as anybody, but like, we, I think we put too much on these draft picks right away. Like I said, they're investments. It's much more about what those guys are going to give you uh, three two, three years from now, four years from now. Like Baron, People are like, oh, Baron Browning's already injured. What a bust. Don't talk to me about Baron Browning in 2021. If he brings special teams ability this year, I'll be happy. Um, what is he going to be in 2023? What is he going to be in 2024? That's what matters. Um, so uh, we had a comment there from Munchak. Um, we got Moron coming in here saying, I could listen to you talk Broncos all day, Nick. Thanks. Well, Mo, um, I couldn't talk all day, but uh, let me take a sip of coffee here real quick because my voice is starting to dry out. Well, thanks, Mo. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, we got John in the house uh, as well saying, I know we were talking about the O-line. Have you heard anything about Griffin? Um, if you could expand upon that at all, that would be great. Are you talking about a Broncos uh, depth player on the line? I don't see any Griffins here, so I am not exactly sure uh, who you're talking about. Just a uh, Get us at a little bit more. Um, I'm I'm curious who he means, and I'll check to see if John knows who he's talking about. Um, okay. Oh, you are probably talking about Sh- uh, Shaq Griffin. Um, he's competing for a spot right now. Um, I wouldn't expect uh, too much from him other than uh, special teams ability. Um, but uh, you know that's not a bad thing, right? The Broncos special teams have been pretty abysmal for three, four years now. Um, so you know uh, it is what it is. Um, so let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Um. Right guard, Graham Glasgow, uh, who's come on the Mile High Huddle Show, has fostered a unique uh, friendship with uh, Buona Beast, John K as well. So, um, man, that's a uh, that's awesome. I was pretty happy about the Graham Glasgow signing uh, two years ago. I didn't think it was much of a true needle mover, but I thought it was a great investment in Drew Locke, which the Broncos needed to do last year, which they did time and time again last year, um, last offseason of with the draft, with free agency, et cetera, et cetera. So they go out and they bring in Graham Glasgow, who now is either, he honestly might be the highest paid player this year on the Broncos offensive side of the ball as far as his cap hit. Um, Garrett Bowles has a ballooned hit uh, year after. Um, but I'm really excited about Glasgow this year just because he can play solid. Now, how Glasgow plays this year, I would expect him to be the starter this year, but you have to know that Quinn Miners and Natane Moody are nipping at his heels. And if either of those guys show to play competent um, behind Glasgow, uh, I think it's very possible that this will be the last year of Glasgow in Denver. And it's just, it's, that's the nature of the beast, right? That's, that's how it is in football. Um, it's same thing in college too. Uh, you're always looking for, to replace the current starters that you have with younger, cheaper, healthier options that you have more years of control left. And uh, that's just, that's how it's always going to be. That's it's a young man's game. And uh, teams are looking to maximize value. So Glasgow this year is playing on a uh, $8.4 million base hit. Uh, his cap hit is $12 million. However, the Broncos can move on from him um, after this year, um, resulting in a $6 million uh, dead cap and $6 million savings. However, after um, June 1st, um, if the Broncos do move on from him, it would be uh, $9 million cap savings with $3 million on the cap dead cap in 2022 and $3 million dead cap in 2023. So, And that's not as much about to, to do with uh, how Glasgow uh, 
performs this season. Obviously, if he really struggles, you'll see him gone. Um, but it's more so, I think, about how Natane Moody and Quinn Miners perform and how the Broncos feel comfortable there. If they think they have somebody who is emerging and is a special player in Moody, who, if he can stay healthy, I think he does have the ability to be a pretty special run-blocking guy, almost a unit-defining uh, run-blocker. He has that kind of power along the offensive line. I think it was Shelby Harris who said that there was only one player who's put him on his back the last few seasons in Broncos practice, and that's Natane Moody, who has just unreal power. Um, so you want to look out for uh, him this uh, pushing uh, Glasgow this year. And we got Moron coming in here. Glasgow could play center if they like Moody starting at G. And that's a uh, that's a good point as well. I was going to about to get to that. Um, another thing with this season, if Cushenberry goes down and the Broncos don't feel comfortable with Quinn Miner starting right away, you could see Glasgow make that transition to center um, and uh, then pencil in Moody at right guard. Uh, and that has as much to do with uh, holding off minors as much as possible if they do not feel like he is physically or mentally ready to start, which, again, Division three football, hadn't played center until the Senior Bowl. That wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, and that does not mean minors is a bust. It's just going to take some time. You don't, you're not drafting players for what they bring you their rookie season. If you are, you're not going to be a general manager for long. Um, so... But Glasgow, he's going to bring a solid play, and we got Peter coming in. Glasgow is actually better at C, but think we want the drafted guys to get it. Um, and that maybe that won't be this year, but we're talking the 2021 line uh, going into 2022. So, you know, you have a good formula there um, for the Broncos, and you have a contingency plans in place both for this season and seasons beyond. However, the one position where everybody's going to be sick of it, everyone's going to be upset this year, and if the Broncos quarterback play is not abysmal like it has been the last four or five years. Gosh, I'm starting to lose count. We're about to get to this. The second hand here is bad quarterback play years. Um, it's the right tackle position. Everybody can move off Garrett Bowles. He'll have his ups and downs. He'll still have some penalties, yada, yada. But the right tackle position for the Broncos is one that it's been an issue for a little bit and it's been exaggerated uh, somewhat given the talent in the AFC West uh, for the Broncos uh, going up against that right tackle position. Um, obviously you had for a while, Justin Houston, who was, incredible for many years. Um, you had Cleo Mack, who was arguably the best edge rusher in football. Um, a guy who's probably on his way to Canton along with Von Miller. And now you have Joey Bosa, all those guys and Von Miller, all those guys go up against right tackles. I think the day of the blindside blocker being more valued that everybody should put that in a box. That's that's an antiquated, antiquated, antiquated thinking, uh, these days, uh, because a, the blind side, does it even exist really with how much shotgun snaps are being played? Quarterbacks can see both sides of the line. There's not really a blind side like you used to when you're at shotgun. Um, and a lot of teams are putting their best pass rusher over the right tackle because a lot of times the right tackle is the lesser player uh, between the two positions. Not true for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they have uh godchild Tristan Wirfs. Just want to get that in there. I love you, Tristan. Um, but go Hawks. Um, but uh yeah, man, um, the right tackle position. I do think that the Broncos' right tackle position is, should be better than it was last season. Um, obviously, Cameron Fleming and Bobby Massey, both those guys do tend, they're not great tackles, but because you have Garrett Bowles, because you have solid, uh, should have solid offensive line in the interior, if that right tackle position is struggling, you have the ability to shift protection over to the right tackle side to help those guys out a little bit. And Elijah Wilkinson, you know, God bless him. Uh, probably not a guy who ever should have been starting for the Broncos, but injuries happens. Uh, Juwan James happens. And um, he's, you know, he's out of here. Uh, so now you have Massey and Cameron Fleming. Both those guys are going to compete. I would not be against the Broncos paying a Morgan Moses. I think that uh, 
George Payton has gotten a lot of deserved praise this year for his patience. I, I do wish maybe he was a little bit more patient with the right tackle position, just because they signed both these guys. And then Morgan Moses becomes available. And it's like, Oh, Morgan Moses has been a top 20 top 15, right tackle in football. The last few years, that would have been, I would rather have one Morgan Moses than Bobby Massey and Cameron Fleming, but you know, we'll see Morgan Moses still out there. We'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, I think the Cameron Fleming, uh, Morgan, uh, Bobby Massey option here. And we got, uh, Jeremy coming in. Can Massey or Fleming be a more than one year option? They could be. Um, but I see them far more like, uh, the Broncos bringing in Jared Valdir where, you know, these guys, they have, you know what they are, right? Like at this point, none of them are going to be really true difference makers, uh, for that offensive line, but I don't think they're going to absolutely kill you. And it's not like the Broncos are going to be out there with an undrafted free agent. Like they're not playing Himmelman out there at right tackle where he's like, he obviously is not ready. Maybe he doesn't belong just yet. And he's getting whipped Like you don't want that. Um, so, uh, you're looking at for, uh, either of these guys to be one year stopgap. Hopefully you get competent tackle play at that right tackle position, which should be enough um, for this team this year. Um, it is a position that long-term you're looking for the Broncos to invest in, um, in the draft, maybe even in free agency, although paying Gary Bulls with his uh, salary cap uh, hit booming um, after the season, maybe that doesn't make as much sense um, from a salary cap construction standpoint, but um, right tackle right now, that's, that's the obvious hole. It's one that could, uh, cause an issue for this Broncos offensive line long-term um, and immediately this season as well. Uh, so that's one position you really want to look for to see if there will be an investment there um, long-term, you know, that's edge rusher is the one. I think that is probably, I put edge rusher over tackle and value. And I think that the way Vic Fangio plays defense, it's more important to, I'd rather have a great edge rusher investment and just an okay tackle versus an okay edge rusher and a great tackle. So I'd put edge actually a little bit higher um, than offensive tackle, uh, but tackle is one that's got to be up there. And unlike the interior offensive line where you can hide those guys a little bit more, you still can kind of hide one tackle, but not to the extent that you can hide a, an issue on the interior offensive line. Um, so that's, and that's because that's part of that is a Shermer's scheme as well. Shermer really likes to leave those tackles on islands. And uh, Garrett Bull stepped up to the plate last year. God bless him for that because we really needed it. I mean, I feel like we're not, uh, we talk about it a lot, but like we really need to talk about like Garrett Bull's turnaround last year and what just complete career turnaround and trajectory for this Broncos team as well to have that left tackle position locked down for the next, you know, maybe five, 10 years. Um, Cause the, how long offensive linemen can play. I mean, Andrew Whitworth is playing right now, but he's going to be like 39 this year. Jason Peters played forever. Trent Williams is playing forever. Um, injuries can happen. Uh, you know, we've seen kind of Tyron Smith and uh, Ryan Clady fall off uh, because of injuries, but I think Bowles is going to play a while. Um, so that's uh, really exciting to have that the right tackle position though. You hopefully see that investment here soon. And I know that everybody's like, Oh, don't cheer for losses. Don't cheer for losses. And I'm really happy to have Jerry Judy, but man, if Shelby Harris doesn't bat down that two point conversion, I think we're talking about Tristan Ware playing right tackle for this Broncos team right now. And then you're talking about easily the best tackle duo on football. And, uh, Broncos still needed probably an investment at the uh, wide receiver position, but it's easier to find a wide receiver too, um, which Judy would be right now for me uh, with Cortland Sutton here um, versus a uh, all pro best rookie season ever tackle. Um, so man, he was so good last year. So was Makai Becton and so was a uh, Jedrick Gould. That was really a special tackle class last year. Um, so pretty awesome. We got Dale coming in here. Speaking of awesome and yeah, a special guy, Dale coming in on the $5 super over on YouTube uh, saying, um, I want to ask this on all the MHH podcasts, but don't think the team's roster should be increased with the 17 game schedule. 
Um, I'm, I'm here for increased rosters. Um, it's not my money. So if they're paying a little bit of guys, that's great. Also more guys getting paid, um, and in the league, I think is a good thing. And this game is becoming extremely specialized, right? Like every, not even just like different positions out there. Like you don't have guys playing both ways, obviously, but like how different is Cortland Sutton to KJ Hamler, right? Like how different is, uh, Bryce Callahan to Patrick Sertan or Draymond Jones to, uh, Mike Purcell, right? Like this, this game is becoming so niche and so specialized um, that the expanded rosters, I mean, you can get even more specialized and you should have a better product because of that. Um, so I'm here for the expanded schedule or the expanded um, rosters as well. And uh, if it means some more guys getting paid, not out of my pocket, by all means, um, I'm, I'm, I'll have to push against you, Dale. Um, let us know in the comments or in another uh, show um, why you are against it. You know, don't just say you are against it, but uh, tell me why. Um, so we've got, uh, let me see. Here we go. Jeremy Sean saying, uh, is this a line better suited for run blocking or pass protection? This is a good question. I think they're better suited for pass protection. Um, the interior offensive line right now, outside of Moody, you don't really have a lot of, uh, body movers. Um, a lot of them are more of the finesse style players where in the wide zone, you know, that, that's some, a uh, you can get by with that with the, the fleet of foot, the dancing bears as a lot of offensive line coaches like to say. Um, but these are more uh, pass blockers right now. Um, so I think this is more of a unit that is a pass blocking unit. And you know what? That's fine. I am totally okay with that um, because it's a passing league. And I know this team is probably going to be more predicated on the ground game this year. But ground game success is much more about uh, dictating box numbers, right? Like you, the highest correlated factor for uh, ground game success, ground efficiency is uh, box numbers. And that is dictated by... Um, how you use your wide receivers and how much a team respects your quarterback. If they don't respect the quarterback, guess what they're going to do? They're going to pack the box and saying, I freaking dare you to throw the football because you're not going to do it because your quarterback sucks. And um, that's just kind of the reality of it. Um, so I'd rather have a uh, better pass blocking unit. Also a better, a uh, better pass blocking unit means you're more, you're less likely to have negative game changing plays versus the run blocking. You know, like, let's say you really can't really get the ground game going. That stinks, but you're still, you know, two to five yards uh, in a given carry. That's a big difference in a bad pass blocking unit that uh, one bad play and your quarterback's out for the season. It's a strip sack. It's an interception. So uh, you definitely want to lean towards the pass blocking there. And I think this unit does. You just really want to see the uh, interior offensive line to get better at the point of attack this year. Um, and, um, uh, with the two Broncos smash mouth running backs, I think that even if they block, you know, just average, you're going to see a solid, uh, rushing attack this year for the Broncos. We got Trevor coming in here saying, uh, with that being said, which QB does our offensive line favor lock or Bridgewater? It's probably a wash. Um, as lame as that sounds, um, lock is so interesting because he does a great job of avoiding sacks, but sometimes it's, that's not always like, that's not a great thing. Also, if that makes sense, like he, he bails too soon sometimes. And, uh, he also, it's a stick on that primary lead and read. And if it's not there, he's escaping the pocket or throwing the ball away when there are guys open on the second and third read. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, like when we saw the Broncos go from Joe Flacco to Drew Locke and how much the offensive line's sack numbers dipped. Part of that is a shout out to Drew Locke. And, you know, that's a good thing, but you also see guys like Ryan Tannehill, um, Deshaun Watson, those are some of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league, but that's because they hang in the pocket forever. They're waiting, they're biding their time. And, uh, because the offensive line does have to hold longer. Um, but they're looking for the kill shot 
and they're sitting in there, they're going through their reads, they're manipulating in the pocket, they're moving in the pocket subtly to buy themselves time as long as possible. And uh, we just haven't seen that from Locke yet. When If his primary read's not there, alarm bells go off, and uh, it is what it is. Um, but uh, Kenny Booker coming in here saying, too bad Jared Vildier couldn't stay healthy. It's football, man. Um, Broncos got one good year out of him. He's probably been the Broncos' best offensive tackle post Orlando Franklin out there. Um, so uh, they got one good year out of him. They didn't pay very much to bring him in. So, you know, that's that's not a bad investment. We got also uh, Geiger Gaming coming in here saying, evening, MHH. Good evening to you, Geiger, over in uh, Australia. To let us know whereabouts in Australia are, man. There's a, it's a big country. I have not been out there yet. A lot of my friends from college went out there with all the business majors, and they did a lot of studying in Australia. Um, but uh, it was a good time. Um, so here, let's get rid of this guy. Let's get my beautiful face back up in here. There we go. Now it's back to me. Um, but, uh, all about me with my beautiful Broncos flag. My wife got that, uh, nice rod up there. She said, here, put the curtain on, hang the flag. This is her desk too. So you guys can actually see everything going on. It's uh decently clean. Um, shout out to her. She is Amazing. Love the wife. Um, but uh, we got Mo Ron coming in here saying, uh, who is the best player selected on offense of Elway's tenure as the general manager? I mean, probably, probably Garrett Bowles um, right now. You know, oh, man. Sutton is a good guess too. I guess maybe Sutton, because what was he the 31st overall pick and to get a wide receiver one at the 35th pick, something like that. He was early second round. Um, that's, you have to weigh that in there, but um, Sutton, Noah Fant, also who I think is should be making a big jump this season. Um, I'm really excited for Noah Fant this year, and that may be. I really try not to be biased with the Broncos, but I've followed Noah Fant since he was a sophomore in college, and I was screaming on draft Twitter like Noah Fant is special. Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant are incredible players, um, and uh, I think Fant is going to have a great year this year. Um, but uh, Sutton's probably got to be the guy, Cody Latimer, Charlie. You're such a gosh darn troll. I love it. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I think yeah, I'd probably order him right now based on what we know. Sutton Bulls Fant. I'm trying to see if there are any others that really stood out. I mean, Matt Paradis, also a really good starting center for a while for the Broncos. Uh, fifth round pick. And uh, they got a good value out of him. And I even think they got a compensatory pick uh, for letting him walk after that. So um, that's that's a deep sleeper as well. I think you got to give a shout out to Matt Paradis as well. Uh, maybe a little bit um, made born by uh, Peyton Manning because incredible quarterbacks can uh, help offensive linemen. And obviously not as much was on Paradis's plate because uh, he had Manning um, from the pre-snap uh, side of things, but still he's, he's got to be a good call. I'm not going to put Reisner in there just yet because he's an interior offensive lineman and uh, he has been okay so far. Um, you hope he gets a little bit better out there. Um, but uh, here we go. Tommy Simmers. And unless we had any, any super chats coming down the tracks, I was going to do half an hour today, but uh, you guys got me talking on the offensive line and I could just go all day on the trench play. I absolutely love it. Um, but Tommy Simmers coming in here. Um, what's Albert O's role with a healthy season out of Fant plus or minus 500 yards and five touchdowns. Hmm. I'm going to go minus on the yards and probably push on the touchdowns. I think that's about right on the touchdowns. Um, it really does also depend who the quarterback is. I think if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, you're going to see less passing touchdowns. I think they're going to score equal touchdowns with Bridgewater um, because they're going to have more trips to the red zone with Bridgewater, I believe. Um, but I think you're going to see this team really try to push the ball in with the run game uh, when the when you get close in the goal-to-go situations, um, especially with the two bangers that you have, right? Like Williams and Gordon, 
those guys just you hand them the ball and they're falling forward three yards because um, they're just they're both really strong backs. Um, but uh, Albert O's role this year, there's a bit of nuance here. Um, with Pat Shermer's offense last season, everyone's like, oh, Shermer doesn't use the tight end. Shermer doesn't believe in the tight end. Why don't we use the tight end? Broncos were fourth in the NFL in targets per game to the tight end position. Um, so, A, throw that narrative out. There's People can say it because they think with their feelings, but the stats do not line up. Broncos did uh, use the tight end last year. However, they, I think they were 12th in the NFL in 12 personnel, which for if you guys don't know, um, 12 personnel is uh, the first number is uh, the number of uh, running backs. So one, the second number is number of tight ends on the field, two, and then the make-believe number that you don't see is wide receivers. So like 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, uh, 21 personnel, ace, two running backs, so running back and uh, fullback, uh, one tight end, and then uh, two wide receivers. So 12 personnel. One of my favorites, again, go Hawks. They love 12 personnel, two tight ends on the field. Um, and uh, Alberto and Noah Fant, you, you probably see that somewhat next year. Um, but the real question is, is Alberto going to be able to block? Otherwise, I don't know how much he's actually going to get on the field. Like that was, a, he's six foot six, 260 pounds. The dude blocks like he d- doesn't want to be out there doing that, right? He's right now he's a big wide receiver and hopefully you'll see him improve there. He's playing very spread centric uh, schemes in college. Not many teams actually ask their tight end to block that much, but Alberto, you guys are talking about Cushionberry being soft. Alberto's got to get out there and block some dudes if he's going to play. Um, so that's a big one right now. He's a seems scene threat guy or a bubble screen guy. Um, and there's value to that. Like we were just talking earlier, this NFL is becoming more niche than ever. Um, and tight ends, a very uh, dichotomized position. Um, when you got guys like Tommy Boyle versus Evan Ingram, both listed as tight end, like, right. Like <laughs> might as well be playing listed different positions. Cause they're so different what they're asked to do and what their skill sets are. Um, but uh, I, you need to see Alberto really take a step forward this year um, as far as a blocker and a route runner, but mainly a blocker. If you're going to see more uh, two tight end sets this year, and also, I think as much as I don't, I don't understand it from the Broncos fans. I think many people, it's because they want to tackle so bad year after year that they don't like some of these first round picks. But like, Noah Fant should be getting the targets, right? Like I see people ask you, Albert Okoyabinam's going to take Noah Fant's starting spot. No, he's not. Like the fan is going to be awesome this year. He's a really good player as long as he stays healthy. Albert Okoyabinam, if he could be great, that's awesome. He's not nearly as nuanced as Fant. He's not nearly as smooth as Fant. Um, he's not as explosive in many different directions as fans. So like, do I want Albert Okoibanam to get involved? Yes. It, at the expense of Noah Fant getting the football? Hell no. Hell no. That's just too good. Um, so, all right, guys. Well, uh, man, <sighs> hopefully I don't have to do any talking today at work because I am starting to get a little spent here. I'm going to need to get another cup of coffee going. Um, but, uh, we got Peter Middleton coming in here saying, uh, enjoy the stars for the solo performance. Thank you guys very much. Um, hopefully this link worked. Um, I didn't have one. Um, there was not a room made, um, when I got into super or stream this morning. So I had to just make one and, uh, <laughs> probably did something wrong. People were saying, Hey, what's going on with the link or the, didn't know the show was happening. The clip looks weird or the thumbnail. All right. Well, we're here. We're still talking football. Um, but, uh, man, we appreciate all you guys. Um, I know that many people are asking about Scott. Don't worry, guys. He didn't disappear. He didn't abandon me. Um, he is going to be here next week, next Tuesday to do the show. Um, so uh, he'll be back. Um, and uh, appreciate everyone for hanging me, hanging with me today. Also, shout out to uh, John for joining us and uh, working the chat in the background as well, uh, making sure everything comes in. And uh, the show runs smoothly, especially when I'm doing things solo. 
it's uh, it can be a little bit hard <laughs> to, to make sure everything's going on when I'm really trying to give you guys good analysis while also talking with you guys in the chat. Um, but uh, I don't have the Broncos for breakfast uh, clip here, but guys, this has been <laughs> Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we're going to be back next Tuesday at a uh, seven o'clock mountain time, eight, eight o'clock mountain time, seven o'clock my time. See, the, I, I talk so much that I can't drink my coffee. That's that's the reason you need a co-host for these morning shows because I don't have the coffee drip yet. That's next. Um, Amazon Prime Days, it was not a Prime Day deal for the uh, coffee uh, IV. Um, but uh, you guys, make sure if you're joining us on YouTube today, subscribe, like, and share. If you're joining us on Facebook, please click those thumbs up. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who super chatted today, who uh, donated stars, who donated super stickers, and uh, everybody for the, uh, the kind words as well. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a totally a different medium to do the show by yourself. Uh, cause there's not really the back and forth. So I'm just sitting here word vomiting to you guys, but, uh, if you guys are liking it, then, you know, thank you so much. That means a lot. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter, um, at Nick Kendall, M H H. Um, yep. Oh, sorry, John. I, my hands are off. Jesus, take the wheel. All right. Uh, at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, guys, make sure you follow John on Twitter as well at John K MHH. Um, I will be back with you guys Saturday uh, evening. Um, it's going to be like 100 degrees here in Seattle. So if I'm doing the shirt or the, the shirt, the show without a shirt, um, I'm very sorry about that. But uh, God, it's going to be so hot. Here. Nobody in Seattle has air conditioners and it's going to be 100 degrees like three days in a row. So it might be rough. Um, but, uh, bring the dog on as a co-host. He's Charlie. I see you. Summit is a, uh, I'm so sorry, John. <laughs> uh, Summit is a, uh, a very nice boy. He's not, not yet a good boy. He's still working. He, he's, he's earning the good boy title. Um, so, uh, maybe sometime he's outside. Uh, he's with the wife right now. Honestly, he's probably, we're probably going to be hunkered down in the basement cause it's going to be so hot here. Um, but, uh, appreciate everyone for joining me today. Um, I need to get going. Got the other the other work to do. I need to also give Chad a hard time for saying, oh, Nick, the room should already be made. You just log into StreamYard. What room, Chad? Where is this room you speak of? Um, but uh, hopefully it worked. I love y'all. Stay safe. Go Broncos.